Hey guys, what's up? Matt and James here today. No taste sweat, unfortunately. Unfortunately, or Ryan, or Ryan. I got a instead. It's a I'm got a haircut too. For those of you who care, I didn't who follow. Yeah. Okay. So today is going to be about the fine line and the balance for salespeople, and even just I guess business owners in general between like the development of getting better at your job and just doing yeah. the job. So cue the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. I guess like... How many hours to put into learning versus how many hours to put in dialing, right? That's the argument. Yeah, so one of the one of the common faults that I see if I look at a, a salesperson's calendar is that they'll have like – they actually don't give themselves enough time on their diary to actually achieve the financial goal they want. Let's yeah. say they wanted to make – I've done this before, 20000 bucks, $1,000 a sale, 20 sales okay, a month. Okay, let's say you're a, a 50% close rate guy, mm-hmm. all right? Therefore, you need 40 calls to show up. That's 40 hours, yeah. right? Then to get 40 calls to show up, you probably need 60 calls booked. That's 60 hours, okay? And then you've got the triages or whatever like that, right? So you need that time in your diary during the times that people are definitely going to show up, right? And then if you've got triages on top of that, in order to book that many, you're probably going to need to have like a third as much time dedicated towards triages to get that. So you're getting close to kind of like redlining on the diary meter. And then they'll have an hour booked out, James, for morning routine. They'll yeah. have uh, hour they'll lunch, have an hour, hour and for and a half lunch, gym. Hour and a half gym. Two hours study time. Two hours study time. They'll have role play for Four an hour hours a day. of meditation. Yep. Or whatever. Might even have 26, 27 hours a day worth of just good yeah. vibes. Yeah. So like their diaries make no f-ing sense. And like instead of like putting that time aside in the diary, marking it as free. Yeah. Right. Which means that like Google can Calendar yeah. can be booked over it. If a sales call, heaven forbid, someone who wanted you could actually make money off wanted to get booked in, then like they they, no they don't have enough time. Like I literally have had a look at people's diaries, and they've it's had like show. they've had like nine hours a week available for sales when they're a full time sales guy. Yeah, like this makes no sense on the planet. Like doing sales is the best way to develop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you need like a level to get onto those sales calls of development first. It's funny, right? Because there needs to be this, like a sweet spot of actually doing the work and learning because you can watch the uh, course 10 times in a row and fall into the trap that I'm doing everything right to get better. Like I've, I've watched the course 20 times. I've, you know, read the notes. I've read all these books. Have I you go, spoken to anyone? Yeah, but you haven't f-ing practiced it. Right. Yeah. Or, and, and if you do role play, you're role playing with people who are at or below your level. Yes. You're not role playing with people who are better than you. The only way you're going to get access to them is one, if you pay them, or two, if you go into a course environment where there are people who are better yeah. than you. Because, like, if I'm a better sales guy than you are, which I hate to break it to you, I am. What if is, Jeremy's watching? And, like, eh, I would, I would argue. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Jeremy's Fight. a fucking savage. Oh, there's a fighting yeah. boss. Hey! Right. challenge. Nah, he's a savage, bro. He's a savage. <laughs> then, then I would, I would, I would like. Why would I role play with you? There's no benefit to me, yeah. right? You're just taking time out of my diary. And I'm, if I'm a guy who wants to make a lot of money, 
Like uh, I was asked to do content for one of the businesses that I was selling for ages ago. Mm. And I was like, sweet man, will you pay me $2,000 a sale? It takes me an hour to do a sale. I have a, like an 80% close rate. So therefore, like from 10 hours, I would make eight sales, which means that like in 10 hours, I would make $16,000. You want me to do five hours of content? I have to charge you at least five grand. Yeah. Like there's no other like, way whoa, that makes whoa, sense. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not paying for that content. Yeah. It's like, so why well, would I do it? you don't get the content. <laughs> like, okay. Like, why would I train your staff? Why would I train your guys? Like, when I'm a commission the guy, there's no benefit to me. Especially when you, the business owner, ask me, the sales guy, to train the other sales guys on the team. F- that noise. <laughs> to, like, to get better, to yeah. compete with me. So, so, so you can <laughs> diversify your risk and put lead flow into people that you can probably convince to take less money because they're not as good. Yeah. yeah, that's a great idea for me. I'm going to go ahead and do that for sure. Um, and for those of you who are like, oh, what about the team? It's like, well, if I'm a bunch of commission-only sales reps, unless you've done a very, very good job as a business owner of unifying that team, there is no benefit. No. What I do and what we do is we do group cash collection bonuses that's dispersed evenly throughout the team, not performance-based. So that everyone works together and they work as a team to want to kind of build everything up, right? So that's one of the ways that we do that. But like in terms of um, going back to that development, right? Like people are just putting too much time. So with like 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 with the role plays, role playing is a very, very important component of getting better at sales. There's no doubt about it. But if you're role playing with people who are nowhere near as good as you or if you're role playing with people who are like lesser than you or even equal to you, but they're not giving you feedback feedback but they're also not testing you mm. like that's why when i run role play sessions like i make them really difficult I, I i make them role play really difficult prospects really difficult objections outside of the box kind of stuff because like what you want to do is you want to have a great understanding of the process mm. i also think role play is a waste of time the majority of the time and i know that sounds controversial <laughs> for good reason right and the reason being is most people don't go into that role play with a proper intention to get better at something and with someone giving them the required feedback for the specific thing they want to get better. So like what I do now is I teach our guys after they do their call reviews and or they've gotten feedback from someone that's better than them that can point out one specific thing, we get them to find like the lowest hanging fruit that they need to work on, right? That could be objection handling, it could be tonality, it could be structure, it could be whatever. Let's say if it's... Um, structure for instance the the tool that they would need to get better is they need better structure they get might get more benefit from doing a different activity that's going to teach them structure rather than role playing then when that gets to a level where they've now got that structure down pat you would want to go into a role play with someone listening specifically for the structural clues right to say oh you did this wrong you did this right solely listening for structure and giving only feedback for that so that they get tangible advice to see whether or not the work they did leading into that role play was actually beneficial. Yeah. Right. Then you're targeting one specific thing. And then we make our guys spend 70% of that time, well, 70% of that time assigned to development, developing that one specific skill. That's the lowest hanging fruit. If you identify that, you know that spending your time on that is going to give you the biggest results in your commission check. So why spend the time working on objection handling if you're already good at it? You know, and there's no point objection handling if you can't get to an objection in the first place because you've already lost the sale. Yeah. So if you can spend the majority of your time fixing the thing that's going to give you the biggest results, focus on that. But then I let the guys spend the remaining 30% of that development time, which could be an hour a day, it could be two hours a day, whatever that is. Um, and I think it should be done 
after all your calls. It shouldn't be put in the middle of the day. It should be put at the end of the day yeah. or before you start, yeah. right? With that additional 30% of the time, it's just for general advice. Mostly because if people focus on one thing and one thing only, they don't feel like they're making overall progress. So you give them a small amount of time to work on whatever they want to work on, yeah. and it feels like they're ticking 10 different boxes, when in reality, they're getting significantly better results in one thing that's going to get them the biggest change in circumstances. Then once they master that, you pick another thing or the next thing that's going to give them the biggest result, focus on that only. Yeah. So you're always trying to optimize their the weakest performing metric. 100%. Right? Same so, as when we look at funnels. Yeah, when we look at marketing. And yeah. So for those of you who don't know, whenever we take on a done-for-you client, like we basically end up not running the marketing because that's not what we do, but we have to audit the marketing on a regular basis to make sure that mm-hmm. there's a, a clear and concise transition from sales process to marketing process to sales process. That handover is super important. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like we've got to make sure that there's no like really, really obvious triggers that are going to stop people from like fulfilling their way through the funnel or are going to cause like issues in the sales process. One of the biggest things that we find is that a lot of sales and marketing divisions, they don't really talk. No. And so they, there's no like, uh, there's no plan essentially. It's like, let's just generate a bunch of leads and then sell them. It's like, well, there's a lot of different ways to market and there's a lot of different ways to have a sales process. Those two things have to marry up and they have to be there has to be a congruence across the whole thing, mm. whether it's qualification, dequalification. Anyway, there has to be kind of an inverse relationship with the two. But like, so we're always working on performance at lowest hanging metrics. So like if you're a sales guy, like the easiest thing that you can get good at is objection handling, right? Yep. So now objection handling, it is your lowest hanging fruit, but it's not the, it's the thing that people focus on mm. the most over the longest period of time, which is yep. incorrect. You want to focus on it the most at the beginning. And then get good enough to where it doesn't really matter how mm. good you are at objection handling towards the end because you're just good enough to not really get that many. Yeah. Now, having the skill set is important. The next thing, so once you are good enough at objection handling to where, like, you can handle objections, especially, like, the logistical one, even if you're not that good at handling, like, the more fear-based ones, but you can just handle simple logistical concerns. Yeah. Once you're at that level, then, like, you're, you're going you're gonna to start to make a lot more sales just straight away. The second thing you want to work on is like the overall structure and like the the, the phases of your call so you have a, a really good understanding of what journey you're taking someone through. Because if you don't know that, then you don't know where you are in the cycle. You don't have a plan. Essentially, a sales call is happening to you instead of you doing one. Yeah. Right? You're um, a passenger. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is what I see a lot of the time. Like if I review calls from like newer guys, I'm like, okay, like – I can identify that the person has some sales chops, but they have no process, right? And it's like, okay, cool. If we just fix this guy's process, then all of a sudden he's going to get a lot more sales. So like the first thing I'll go is like, okay, let's work on objection handling. That's a really easy thing. We have an objection handling matrix, which I I think is one of the best resources out there in terms of sales. So if you go to our website, salesniper.net, free resources, objection handling matrix, you can go through all that. It'll help you tremendously with the flow charts and the scripts in-depth breakdowns of exactly how to handle different objections, right? Then we go to the process. Now, if, if you want help on the process, we have a free mini course, which is the NEPQ 101. I think if you go into any of our Facebook groups, whether it be Sales Revolution or Closing Code, you'll be able to get links to the free course. We'll actually put it in the description below. Totally free course. It's about 10, I think it's about uh, maybe 20 videos. Uh, Taking through sales process and all, all this kind of stuff, right? So you can kind of break that down and have a good meaning of that. Once you have that, then it becomes more nuanced around tonality 
and like maybe some conviction and all kinds of other stuff like that. All these like little X factors that make you a lot better at sales. And then there's like a culmination point where it's like this grind and it kind of your, your income and your commission start to increase significantly, right? So um, those are kind of like the areas in which we would address people, you know, in the times that we would address them essentially. Yeah. In terms of like um, actual timings on what you should spend on things, I kind of work off the for every one hour of like study you do, and that could be course material, reading books, you should be doing four hours of practice, right? If you look at professional athletes, they don't watch four hours of um, video on the opposition team and theory on how to play basketball. They get on the court for two, three hours and then watch half an hour worth of video, right? It doesn't make sense. For every hour of like actual study development you put in, you want four hours of practice and then another half an hour to an hour, depending on the situation of practical study. And what that would mean is like, say an hour of study could be watching two modules in NPQ, right? Then uh, you would want an equal amount of time of that of dedicated, I guess, active study, which would be like, um, say, tonality. You learn how to, you watch an hour on tonality, teaching you how to say things. You want to get in front of the mirror and do some active study, which is like practicing. For an example, I would like a coffee. I would like a coffee. Just checking how that tonality actually sounds, (laughs) right? And practicing that actively so that you kind of get that when you do your real practice, which is sales calls. So, you know, four hours of actual just watching videos is nowhere near as productive as a couple of hours. Although if you do like this video, make sure you like, subscribe, yeah. hit the notification bell. Make sure you follow it up with a sales call. Yeah. And if you do like this kind of content, make sure you comment down below. And if you're still watching this, comment Flamingo. Flamingo. Yeah. Hmm. It's big, big old loop, right? Yeah. I imagine. I've never seen a Flamingo. <laughs> I imagine. I imagine they're big and big. <laughs> yeah. But if you are watching this far, you'll definitely comment that because it's a weird thing. It's actually a memory palace trick. Memory palace trick. Oh. <laughs> And on that, thank you guys. Have a good day. We done? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sweet. All right, guys. uh, If you do like that content, uh, make sure you let us know. If you're listening to this audio only, what are you doing? Go on to YouTube. Watch us, our beautiful faces. But, you know, we we appreciate you regardless. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are. Make sure you let us know. If you do want more of our content, if you do want to see more of our smiling faces and get more of the, the knowledge bombs that we drop on a regular basis, um, go over to the Closing Code Facebook group. Uh, we'll give you a nice little free download when you get in there. I think it's on how to handle objections or something like that. We got plenty. We got, we got plenty of stuff. Whichever one the you got developers you decide want, they want to put in. You want fish? We got fish. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, make sure you go and do that. Make sure you comment. If you guys have any podcast episode suggestions, right, we would love to get them. Make sure you put them in the comment thread or you can email us at cifcpodcast at yoursalessniper.com. Um, All right, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only.